to Daryl City Cash Chicago. Whenever there is an uptick in shootings, the mayor, police, city officials, they publicly blame the same culprits, right? Guns and gangs. But a new report from Detroit shows that police data doesn't back up this narrative entirely. It is so simple to just say, this is a problem of gangs. We need to eradicate gangs. We need to, you know, lock people up. That is a much simpler story to tell the public. It's Wednesday, September 8th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. The Trace, an online publication that reports on guns and gun violence, looked into nearly 34,000 shootings in Chicago over the last decade. And the numbers really don't back up what public officials spin as gang-related shootings. In fact, it's not even entirely clear how Chicago police define gang-related. Lakeidra Shavis was the reporter. Welcome back to CityCast Chicago. Thank you. Glad to be here. When you were looking through that 34,000 shootings, what did the data teach you? What we found is that, you know, over the past 10 years, CPD has labeled less than three in 10 shootings as gang-related. So that was certainly a percentage that shocked us. And, you know, I think a lot of the public would think that that percentage would be a lot higher based on how often we blame gangs for, for violence in the city. We also found that CPD labeled 75% of non-fatal shootings when it came to the motive or the cause as undetermined or that field was left blank. So when it comes to, you know, non-fatal shootings, which make up the majority of shootings in Chicago, police have not indicated, at least in their data, that they know what is really motivating the violence that's taking place. What is CPD? What is their justification for labeling something gang-related? I was able to speak to someone who works for CPD, who is knowledgeable of, you know, their homicide investigations, as well as, um, you know, the gang units that they've had in the past. And this person said that when they are labeling these incidents, these shooting incidents as gang related, that they only put that label if they know that it's true. And, you know, CPD, I tried to find out what their definition of a gang was. And we found that there were just inconsistencies um, on their website and how they defined a gang. They sent me to one of their directives and it was like, if you wear certain colors, which I think is like a pretty outdated view now. And if you, it was by association. And if like, if we have a source that tells us someone is in a gang and, and because it's so vague, you just end up looping in uh, almost everyone into it. The data doesn't back up this narrative as you've shown. And yet when the mayor comes out in the aftermath of a police killing, she says, we need to eradicate gangs. Why is it so easy for officials to reach for this narrative when the data doesn't back it up? The, the strongest reason is because it's a one-sided conversation. So when the mayor or the police superintendent comes out and says, you know, well, it's all about gangs and here's what they do, and, and really in language that is demonizing and dehumanizing, who is going to be at that press conference that's going to say otherwise? You know, and unfortunately, this is a narrative that's not only been amplified by by government officials, but journalists as well. And so that's why it is important to to ask people just how are you making these assessments and, and do you have the data to back it up? When we use the word gang, our society has 
trained us to see black and brown figures. But here in Chicago, the word gang is it it's a priori to much of the great migration, much of the uh, the Latino and Latin X rising population we've seen over the last 50, 60 years. Can you give me a kind of history of this sense of how gangs have changed in Chicago over the last I don't want to put you on dissertation work, but, you know, over the last less than a century, about a century. Yeah, it's actually over a century. I mean, gangs have been a part of Chicago's history for a long, long time. And, you know, if we want to go back just 100 years and look at the 1920s, what Chicago had at the time was a lot of immigrant gangs. So Polish, Irish, German. And these were also the same gangs, or at least one of them, that helped incite the 1919 race riots in the city, even though they have changed really drastically in terms of the racial makeups, or at least how we see them. The reasons for being a part of a gang or some type of organization has largely remained the same. People want a sense of community. People want to protect you know, their loved ones and their, their neighbors. They want a sense of status and a, and a sense of safety. And so when you have an increase in predominantly black gangs, uh, you know, in the 70s and 80s, what they had created was really an opportunity to better the neighborhoods that they had lived in. And then, you know, with the 80s, you had the beginning of the crack cocaine epidemic, which then created a very lucrative drug trade. Um, so then you had a very high stakes business that brought in a lot of money, but also weapons. So it in turn just made things more violent. When you talk to these young folks, uh, what are they saying is leading to upticks in violence when we see it? They say that oftentimes, you know, it, it really is about interpersonal conflict. Sometimes it can be over, you know, a relationship that someone had with a woman and they sort of get everyone hyped up because they're too embarrassed to just say that it was, you know, it's over a woman. Mm -hmm. It's over social media beef. Yeah, social. it can be over social media, and it's just much more chaotic um, than, it, than it has been before. Why is it so important for us to break this conversation open and to have it, you know, candidly and honestly in our city? Yeah, you know, I think it's important because when you say gang members, like I, I would really ask people to think like, wh who do you envision when someone says a gang member? Can you even define a gang? When you just reduce someone to a label, um, you are ignoring the fact that they are residents. And oftentimes they are also quite young. These are people who are still teenagers. They're in their early twenties. I'd wager that if you ask most people to define what a gang is and what a gang looks like, they'd very generally just describe a group of young teenagers, probably black or brown, doing what teenagers do. Yes. Yeah. With, with the the hyperbole of this, like, like there's some outfit running around, like all teenagers are running around with AKs and pockets full of drugs. I think we totally exaggerate the sophistication of these groups because they, they are teenagers, you know, um, at least a portion of them are. I remember vividly when it was not OK for me, my brothers and my friends to be on our bikes together. Right. It was cool when we was nine. It was cool when we was 11. When we was 14, we knew we could not be that many of us on a bike at the same time in the same location um, just for the fear of being labeled a gang and, and what comes with that. Yeah. Um, Lakidra, you talked to over 30 people about this story. And even city government officials seem more willing to acknowledge 
the root causes of violence, the root causes of uh, people wanting to join gangs. And yet it's like both narratives exist next to each other, that we both understand why people join gangs. And yet we still love to reach for this simplified, we must eradicate gangs narrative. Eventually the city has to choose. Does it look like that they are going to make the choice to look at this, these problems with a more sophisticated lens that requires long term thinking? Or do you think that this narrative, as it has for the last hundred years, will remain a vital piece in the Chicago playbook? Yeah, this is something that I asked a lot of people that I spoke to. And from those conversations, I think it will remain the same. And that is because it is so simple to just say, this is a problem of gangs. We need to eradicate gangs. That is a much simpler story to tell the public. And I think also from a political standpoint, if city leaders came out and said, you know, this is an issue of gangs or cliques, um, but, but mostly it's about domestic violence. And there's also a lot of random shootings that happen as well. And the root causes is, you know, vast unemployment, it's poverty. It's because we as a city have not invested in, in, in parts of, uh, parts of uh, Chicago for generations now, and it's created all of these problems. You know, I wonder how receptive um, the the public would be to an answer like that. That was Lakeidra Chavis who wrote the story, The Problem with Chicago's Gang-Centric Narrative of Gun Violence. Lakeidra is now a reporter with The Marshall Project. Thank you for joining us on CityCast Chicago. Thanks for having me. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The city council has one week to decide whether or not to accept their latest raise. It will be the largest raise in 15 years. For the highest paid members, that's about $6,700. If you want to know what your older person is making, go ahead and check the show notes. Based on a New York Times analysis, vaccinated Chicagoans have a 1 in 10,000 chance of getting a breakthrough case of COVID. And some good news to get you through. The Printer's Row Literary Festival is back this weekend. It's downtown off Dearborn and Polk Street. There's going to be booksellers, workshops, and a great list of speakers headlined by Pulitzer Prize winning novelist Colson Whitehead. Remember, for more Chicago stories and events, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. It's a it's like a unnecessary like Greek philosophical term. <laughs>